did the monster man. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash. Hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Halloween Crime Calls and Coffee. Yes, we said we would do this for you guys, and we're here doing it. Every week. Get excited. What yeah. spooky song is it going to be next week? You'll find out. <laughs> You'll have to wait. First, I'd like to say happy one-year anniversary to us. Woo! Can you believe it's been one year? No. One year. <laughs> one year. One whole year. One year. <laughs> no, I can't. It's, it's honestly crazy. insane. Yeah. I, I feel like we just started, like, a month ago. I know, and it's weird, too, because, like, right before we actually recorded and released our first episode, we were only, like, a month into, like, starting everything. Mm-hmm. We were like... We'll just plan out a um, bunch of things, and then, like, we were done before we knew it and just posted our first, first yep. episode. Yeah. Yep. And now it's been a whole year later. And here we are, still <laughs> bothering you in the car. Yeah. <laughs> or in bed. Or, like, Kelsey's sister, Jamie, in, in the, the bubble bath. <laughs> naked. We see you, Jamie. <laughs> we know you listen to us naked. She told us recently. We were like, hmm. I didn't know that. Jamie's like, yes, you did. I'm like, no, I definitely did not know You're that like, you that's creepy. listened to us naked in the bathroom. <laughs> it was relaxing. So funny. Yeah. But yeah, we will be posting on our story on our actual one year anniversary, which is tomorrow. Yes. Or actually, when you're listening by tonight, we'll be yeah. posting videos of us celebrating. Yes. So keep an eye out on our Instagram. Yeah, hopefully we won't go too wild. <sighs> or we do. Who cares? <laughs> We're really excited about it. Yeah. I just can't believe that, like, it's literally been a year. I feel like even now we're still like, oh, uh, what do we do for this? What yeah. do we do? Like, How we're do still we trying to, like, start? figure things out sometimes, Yeah. You know? Well, the start and the finish is always the hardest because exactly. we're, like, we don't want it. Yeah, we don't want it to be awkward. Yeah. We want the conversation to flow, but we want to make it interesting for you guys before we get into the yeah. actual case or whatever story we're covering. So yes. hopefully we're doing okay. If you guys could see me, I'm in full wedding hair and makeup right now. <laughs> <laughs> I went to my trial today and they were like, leave it in, leave it on and see how, how it looks at like 10 p.m. tonight. I was like, okay. It looks They're like, where are you going? Beautiful. Thank you. I love it. They were like, where are you going tonight? I was like, Back to record my podcast, they were like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Just sit in a hen out room and record a podcast. They were like, oh. I was like, yeah, you know. Not going out and about. Just dressing up for Bryn. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Kels. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) So, anything we want to talk about before we get into the coffee review? I'm just, I'm ecstatic that it's fall. I know every girl says that around this time of year, but like, Literally, I just drove to Pittsburgh and back this weekend, and all the trees are changing, and it's literally, like, 70 or 65 degrees out today, which is perfect, mm-hmm. and I was telling... A little bit of a chill, yeah, Chris. I was telling the makeup and hair people today, I was like, I swear to God, if I go wake up on my wedding day and it's an 80-degree sunny day, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I specifically put it in the fall for a reason. You would curse Mother Nature. I would. <laughs> But, yeah, I'm just really happy that it's fall and we can do, like, fall things now. If we have time. Same. If we have time, yes. I'm so happy it's fall. I'm so happy your wedding's almost here. Mm -hmm. And that we've 
succeeded doing this for a whole year. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I swear COVID time is like a portal. It is. It's like a different realm. It actually is. There was something happened the other day where, again, I was like, wait, no, it's been two years, not one year since yeah. that happened. Yeah. And, yeah. It's weird. So, should we get right into our coffee review? Yes. So, our coffee today, actually, we grabbed it. You grabbed it from Weiss, right? Or from Walgreens. Walgreens. Because remember we had said to you guys, we want to mix a couple here and there of the -the on-the-go coffees for our people who might be stopping at gas stations or random little places in the morning and not actual cafes. Yeah. Or coffee. Shops. Yeah. Roasters. roasters. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is the brand Nice, and it's the one that we're reviewing today is French Vanilla. It's a light roast, which we usually don't do. We usually sway towards medium roast, but it's a light roast, and the description says, Nice premium French 100% Arabica beans coffee is made of delightful, or I'm sorry, has a delightfully sweet flavor. It's a perfect brew for any time of day. Sorry, the box was ripped, so I was kind of overlapping (laughs) words, and I was like, this isn't a word. (laughs) Yeah, it, um, I I don't know. I, I think, I, I, we, we talked about before how we like medium roast and how we sway, like, away from dark roast, but honestly, I'd rather dark roast than this. Mm-hmm. This is really, like, Agreed. watered down to me, and I feel like I can't, I don't even taste much, ca- like, caffeine or, like, yeah. it's just very muted, muted, I guess. Agreed. I think if I were to rate the roasts, I always go with a medium roast first, then a dark, then a light. Yeah, I'd probably do the same. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give this one a five, um... I don't know. I don't... I feel like it's just watered down and I'm missing, like, the coffee flavor. Mm-hmm. I feel like the flavoring of it, the French vanilla part, is there. Mm-hmm. Like, you can... It tastes like French vanilla coffee. It's not, like, shit water like the... Yeah. <laughs> the last one we did. <laughs> but, yeah, same thing. It's a little... It's not bold enough for me. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm not getting any caffeine from Yeah. It. But it's not... It's not bad by any means. Mm-mm. I mean, if you're in a rush and need to just grab something off the shelf and you yeah. see this there, it's These not going to be a bad cups, one. by the way. Yeah. yeah. I forgot to mention that. The box I was telling Brynn earlier so, says 100% satisfaction guaranteed. I don't know about that. that <laughs> I'm a, not sure. That is a bold statement. Nice <laughs> coffee. Well, maybe if you like light roasts. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I also would go with a five because... It's not bad, but it's not my fave. No, yeah, it's far from my fave. Mm-hmm. I I want some of my faves again. <laughs> Same. Some of our nine to ten coffees, nine point five. <laughs> I miss you. Where are you at? Where are you at, bro? <laughs> we gotta get some more of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, want to get into our thing that we're covering today? Yes. All right. So, so grab, grab your, your coffee and, and have, have a morning with, with us. us. All right, guys. So this week we are doing an alien episode (laughs) perfect background music (laughs) we haven't done an alien episode since area 51 right no we did berkshire oh yeah yeah but that was still a while ago yeah i i don't know ufo alien abduction stories just like i feel like they make you think Mm -hmm. i don't know i was telling i was talking to sydney about it one of my best friends and she's like freaking love alien stuff and space yeah. stuff. She's like, it's just so interesting. Yeah. I but. feel like we always 
not when we're covering the case and stuff, we always go off, go off track with like mm. diving deep into we're like the wait. extraterrestrial. But wait, we're on this planet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's really interesting. We fall into a wormhole, <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens? It's another dimension. Yeah. But yeah, so me and Bryn each decided to choose two stories to talk about, and this is. Um, Basically, just two people's stories about, like, either seeing a UFO, or four, I'm sorry, um, seeing a UFO, or some of them say they've been abducted. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to start with Leah's story. Ooh, my knee. That was my knee. I hope it picked it up. I really hope so, too. That was gross. (laughs) Carson, wait, real quick, side note. Carson called me the other day and was like, ew, what was that noise? And I hear you in the background. That was my my hip. hip. I was like, ew, I heard that over the phone. <laughs> I'm falling apart. No, I'm really not falling apart. I don't know. I'm just a very crackly person. What's the Timo ne- calls me a glow stick. What's the um thing that you the meme that you like from from that Instagram account about the knees popping? I forget. If your knees pop when you stand up something. Oh you're you it it has something to do with like the era you were born. Like yeah. you remembered yeah. I forget what it was. I don't know. Yeah. It was funny. We should post that. Yeah. I'll find it. We'll post it. Okay. So, Leah's story. Leah was in fourth grade at the time of this story, and she lived in Prince George County at the time. By the way, Leah purposely does not have a last name in this story because she wanted to leave it anonymous, um, just so you know why I'm not saying a last name. Mm-hmm. One evening, her and her friends were outside playing, and they heard a buzz or a hum sound. They looked up and saw a disc-like object that had no wings and was silver. I know. The disc was lined with lights along the edge. She said it hovered above the parking lot between the buildings and then just, like, all of a sudden disappeared and left. Hmm. Leah and her sister ran inside and drew pictures of what they had seen, um... And they told, like, her parents what happened. Wow. That's smart of them to, like, go inside and... Like, Mom, we just saw this. They did, like, a composite sketch of the spacecraft. This is the lights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She states that her father wanted to call somebody about the incident, but her mom actually was afraid that people would say they made it up, even though a lot of the kids that were there that night playing saw the same thing. Wow. She said, quote, we talked about it for days at school. I can't even fucking imagine. No. I'm getting chills thinking about it, too, because... What you had said about the humming sound and, like, some of the other describing, like, the descriptive words. Yeah, all these stories that we've told, and you guys will see, like, I haven't read Kelsey's, so I don't know all the information she's put down, but some of the ones that I have down, and then the Berkshire ones, and then the Area 51 one that we did. They all, like... They all have a lot of the same identifying factors or, like, things that happen, like, the time... Missing yeah, and I all know, that. that part freaks me the fuck yeah. out. That's so weird because how do that many people experience the same thing unless they're reading it somewhere and jumping on the bandwagon? But yeah. I doubt a fourth grader and her little sister is like, I know. yeah, is like looking up this information online or whatever outside playing. Yeah, then, yeah. So this started actually over a decade of dreams that and experiences for Leah after wow. this event happened. When she was 12 to 13 years old, she and her sister stayed at St. Mary's County at their grandparents when Leah described a ball of lightning um, coming through the curtain into the room. That's, like, the best way she could describe it. Yeah. She described this ball as being about the size of a tennis ball, 
and that it went between the beds, bounced off a door, and then disappeared. It's almost like an orb. Yeah. Like, that you can, like, see. Like, it's glowing. Yeah. Yeah. She said this happened 20 times that night, where it would just <laughs> come in the window, bounce off the door, and, like, disappear. Ew, I wonder if it was trying to get their attention to, like, make them, like, to lead them somewhere. I don't fucking know, but, like... Like, follow me, follow me. I know. You Could know? you imagine, like, waking up and telling your parents this and then being like, yeah, okay. You know? I wonder it would have if it would have stopped if they got their parents. Well... Oh. The girls both screamed and nobody in the <gasps> house heard them. And there was five other people staying at the house that... What? Yeah. Ew, so it was like all the sound was blocked out? Yeah, like nobody could hear them screaming. And then Leah's next memory was of her waking up in the bed the next day. So like, literally there's the time thing. Like, completely doesn't remember a whole section of time. Like, she clearly was awake when this happened. I was gonna say too, the possibility of like sleep sleep paralysis. Yeah. Where you're like thinking you're screaming, but really you're not. Right. But how would they both have experienced that at the same time? And they were both and screaming. And seeing this ball of and light. Heard and heard each other. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. In the same room? Huh. I don't know. Leah started to believe that she was going crazy after having these events happen to her over the years until she and a friend were at a book- bookstore one day. Oh my god, I have the chills already. And I don't know why I didn't read ahead. I know. <laughs> she saw a book with the cover of it being a black, a big black scary creature. That is when she realized that the creature that she had seen in her dreams was the one that was on the front page of this book. No. Yeah. No. And if you're wondering, the book is called Communion, and it's about alien abductions. You need to fucking look it up we right now. We should post a picture of look it. Look at it. Okay, we'll post a picture of it for you guys when we, it when we do this episode. It is the creepiest depiction of Communion an alien book. I've ever seen. Communion dresses. I don't <laughs> think that's it. No. Ew, right? It's this. Yes. No. Yeah. Like, she described the almond-shaped black eyes and how fucking creepy is that? That's definitely... And this was a book about someone who also... Yeah, a true story. Yeah. Ooh. I know. So, I told you Leah had had nightmares and, you know, experiences over the years, but these were some of the nightmares that she had. So, one of them was she was sitting in a booth in a small room with gray walls a monotone voice said, quote, don't move or you might be hurt. Suddenly, she was laying on a table and heard clicking noises <laughs> around her. Oh, no! <laughs> she described it as kind of like an x-ray machine. Yeah. Maybe not like that. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of these, like, alien clicking noises. Yeah. Ew, no. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, it kind of resembled, like, an x-ray machine. And she realized that she was being, like, examined on this table. I know. She sat up and saw a short creature so ugly that she could not look at his face or her face. Aww. Yeah, I know. That's kind of sad. The creature pulled out a needle. And this is really weird because multiple people have described the same thing. The creature pulled out a needle with a silver marble on the tip. And, like I said, multiple people have described an alien abduction stories and claim that this marble was placed into their heads as, like, tracking devices. Could you see that on, like, a scan in a hospital if you were to think that you I had feel like one? definitely, but if you went to the hospital saying you have a marble in your brain from the aliens, they're definitely going to say you But what if you don't, psych. but what if you don't say that? And what if you're you like, go really and you're like, headache. yeah, you're like, I feel like there's something 
wrong in my head. Can you please do a scan? <laughs> and then they scan and see this silver piece. What would they do? I don't know. You'll have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, though, if they, like, saw... Like, don't go in there full-blown saying aliens, aliens put a thing in my head. <laughs> yeah, but go and... Anyone who's listening who has... Who has a marble is feeling in their brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go and act nonchalant about it, but, like, you're scared for your health. And get an, uh... What CT. would be an MRI? Or, yeah, CT done. And then see what it is, and then have them remove it if possible and see what it is. And then like, get back to us. Do you mind removing this marble from my brain that the aliens placed there? I Thanks. need to send a picture to Crime Colts and Coffee. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so Leah started believing that these were not just dreams, but they had actually been experiences that she had, and she was just, like, like dreaming about them. Wow. Or that's how yeah. her memories were coming back. Right. In, like, a dream state. Because I've heard people say... I've heard people, like, I know people that have been abducted, abducted by aliens. <laughs> people were saying, like, in the articles, though, that their memory was always, like, wiped after yeah. all of this. That's so weird. You know what I'm picturing? This is going to sound so strange. I just had, like, a visual. Oh, I'm yeah. a very visual person. This yeah, has no, I'm never, picturing the whole this thing. This has never happened to me. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm picturing, like, there's a movie or a show. Gold member. No, where they, like... It's almost like taking little, like, pieces from your brain and pulling it out. Like, and they're glowing oh, um, little. It's from the OA. And they take the pieces out? Yeah. And it's, like, glowing little strands yeah. that he... You're right! Because he the takes OA. them for the near-death experience. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Go watch this. the fucking away. That's the second plug we've had for that. <laughs> yes. Because it's a really good And Britt Marling, bring it back. Bring yeah. it back, girl. Really good. So, where was I? Years later as an adult, Leah was visiting her friends in West Virginia when she described being floated out of the house and taken into a spaceship. She was then handed a beep. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm laughing because I feel weird about this next part. She was then handed a baby boy with leathery skin, and she said that the baby had a small neck with an oversized head and patches of red hair. The baby's eyes were blue, though, not like the black. Did they procreate with a human? Well. Was it her baby? She said, quote, I don't know why, and I don't, I know this sounds strange. No, no, no. But as soon as I held him in my arms, I knew he was mine. I felt like I was his mother. No. I'm clutching Ava's little, like, marshmallow Clutching. pillow. Yeah. Isn't that fucking creepy? I wonder if Leah had red hair. I'm horrified. I'm horrified. Horrified. Why would they bring her onto the spaceship and be like, your child? And just like... Meet your child. <laughs> you created this with Bebop. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, Please don't come like for this. us. I don't like this. We're not yeah. making fun of you. We, we, we would love your baby. <laughs> love to meet him um i think i wonder if she had red hair and i am scared (laughs) what if i have a martian baby out there somewhere in the big from being world (laughs) you might have like 10 i've never been abducted me either never and i i don't plan to be yeah same (laughs) no thank you (gasps) oh my god that is horrifying (laughs) I i don't like that (laughs) <laughs> that actually scares me. <laughs> what, that she procreated with a, an alien? Yes, because 
was it by choice? Like, and she didn't even know. Yeah, or was it by choice? Remember how we talked? I forget. I think it was the Berkshire one. Oh my god, you have a spider web on your nails. What? A spider web. (laughs) What? Your nails are spider web. Oh yeah. I thought you said, oh my god, you have a spider on your nail. <laughs> For reference, Brynn is horrified of spiders, but I just notified, noticed her um, spider web nails. Yes, I got my nails done, and Cute. for Halloween, I got a little web put on one of them. My nail lady was literally like... Oh. No, she was like... I was like, um, can you do a, like, nail art? And mm. she was like, but you never do nail art. And I'm like... <laughs> I know, she's like, you always get solid. And I'm like, I know. I'm like, but I want I'm a like, spider I'm like, it's web. Halloween. It's my favorite. And she's like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, you just scared the shit out of me. Sorry. And I'm already, like, on edge because of this alien thing. About alien child? <laughs> yeah. No, but we've talked in a past episode about if these people, like, if there's a huge time difference and these people are actually living, like, ten years. Yeah in this alien spaceship, whatever, Mm -hmm. and then their memory's wiped, and then they're coming back, and it's only been, like, ten seconds that they've been gone here. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what if she met an alien, fell in love, they they had had a a baby. She was pregnant She did it by choice. By choice. And then she came back, and then by the time she went back, this baby was, let's say, a year old, but really it's only been, like, However much time here. What if she had... Wouldn't she have, like, a C-section scar or something? She'd have something. I don't know. If they could take your memory away from you, they I'm could sure they could, the like... Child. <laughs> yeah. Let's just fix it all and throw her back down to earth. Oh, my God. <laughs> or, like, I wonder if it wasn't by choice and literally they... Like, we're experimenting? Yeah. Please don't come for us. I'm scared. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> Spooky for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. All right, so my story that I'm going to tell is about a man named Terry Lovelace. Um, Terry Lovelace is a retired assistant attorney general in Vermont and the author of the book Incident at the Devil's Den. Oh, God. Which is where some of this story is going to take place. The Devil's Den? <clears throat> yeah. Sounds like a lovely place to Yeah. Go. Sounds like a joyous time. I'm going to go. He was also an EMT and a medic in the U.S. Air Force. Oh, wow. He's, like, an upstanding citizen where mm. you wouldn't expect him Shut to just up. make this shit up. That's literally... You know what I okay. mean? Okay, yeah. That's literally, like, my story. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I literally almost say the same thing. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, he also earned a law degree from the University of Michigan. When he was around eight years old, he started seeing... And this is a quote... Of how he described it as a child. Quote, little monkey-like people in his room at night. God, no. Yeah. No. So at some point, he then then began seeing what he thought were UFOs. There was no specified time frame with that. Okay. January 1975, he and his Air Force buddy, Toby, and Toby is not the guy's real name. He renamed him to keep his identity private. Yeah were first responders to accident and injuries on base and missile silos. So that was their job at that time. They responded to a call around 2 a.m., and they went to a desolate area in the middle of a soybean field. And now here's a whole quote from him from what happened. Oh, my God. This is a quote from uh, strangeoutdoors.com. 
Quote, we arrived at a chaotic scene. A dozen security police cars and 30 guys with M16s ran around looking up. I found a captain in charge. He ordered me to park the ambulance and to, quote, stay put. Then Toby noticed a matte black diamond-shaped object hovering 20 or so feet over Kylo, fi Kylo 5. It was as big as a full-size van. I looked for wires or some explanation as to how this thing could just sit in midair. Mentally, it was difficult to process. We watched this thing sit for about 15 minutes, then it just shot off to the east from a dead stop to the speed of a bullet without accelerating. We were debriefed and our reports were rewritten. What the fuck? Yeah. Our CO told us the object was an experimental helicopter and top secret. We knew back then he was full of shit and had no <laughs> idea what we saw. We were sternly warned not to talk about it and were asked to surrender any drawings we may have made. What the fuck? I would have been like, no. Yeah. Keeping my drawings. Yeah. So, then we're moving on to 1977, so two years later. While in the Air Force, he had an extraterrestrial, another extraterrestrial experience. Oh my god, they're like, let's target Terry. Yeah. Oh my god. And Toby, because he's with Toby again. Uh. <laughs> um, they decided all of a sudden to go on a camping trip, and Terry said it was kind of odd because... They never really, it wasn't like a thing they did to go camping. They were just okay. like, okay, let's go camping for the week, for the weekend or whatever. Okay. So they decided to go on a camping trip in Devil's Den State Park in northern Arkansas. Pause. Why the fuck would you go camping at some place called Devil's Den? <laughs> That's just a bad idea right off the bat. Yeah. You're either going to meet Satan or aliens. <laughs> One of the two. One of the two. I should have known. So... They didn't want to stay in the campground within the park, and they decided to camp in a summit right outside of the Devil's Den. Don't know why, but that's what they decided to do. Okay. So again, he was with his friend and colleague, Toby, and they were sitting around a fire talking that night. There was, they described it as, well, he described it as a bunch of noise of crickets and tree frogs. Like, it was almost at some points, he said, hard to hear the conversation over how loud everything was. Oh my god. So, all of a sudden, everything went silent all at once. Fuck. And remember, we this happened. About that. Yes, this has happened in past episodes where we've talked about this. Uh, okay. And wasn't it crickets in the last one as well? Yeah, it was like a burst of crickets and then silence. Yeah. So, here's a quote from Terry, and this is from The Guardian. Quote, that sounds kind of cliched out of a movie, but that is exactly what happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. On the horizon, all of a sudden, they saw three bright lights that appeared. First, they thought they were three stars in, like, a triangle shape, but once it began, they saw it, it began to head towards their vicinity, like it was moving, and they realized it was one object, not three separate things. Oh, my God. <laughs> once the lights were over them, they could see them coming from, quote, a black triangular prism as wide as two city blocks. What the fuck? They're yeah. getting bigger. Yeah. So, blue laser beam then went over them, almost like it was scanning them. Mm-mm. And when it stopped, Terry described it as becoming really drowsy, like he was sedated. He said he wasn't tired. He was very... Like, it was like he was feeling like he was sedated. 
What? After the lights went over them. <laughs> Literally the only thing that's coming to my brain right now is that video of the guy with the fireworks where they're like, oh no, Terry, put it in reverse, <laughs> yeah. Terry. Yeah. That's what I would be saying. Terry, put it in reverse. <laughs> and then they'd be moonwalking backwards really slow. <laughs> oh, Terry. <laughs> so after this happened, they decided to go in the tent and go to sleep and this was around midnight. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I'm just, just sedated for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Just go to bed. They then woke, well, he then, Terry woke up at 3 a.m. to multicolor lights illuminating the inside of the tent. Mm -mm. He described them as quote-unquote brilliant, and he said they were white, yellow, and orange in color. Weird. Yeah. The, um, the forest behind them, he described it as it being lit up like a baseball field. Like, if you go to a baseball game at night and the whole field is lit up by those big lights, he oh said God. the forest behind it, them was like that. Ew. Yeah. And his clothes in the tent and his boots were, quote-unquote, askew. Imagine how disorienting that would be to wake up to. Yeah. So, Toby was looking out of the tent when Terry woke up. And the triangle object was hovering, and Terry pushed past Toby so he could also look outside at what was happening. They then said that the UFO was the size of a five-story office building. Oh, what? Mm hmm Each leg of the triangle was, like, a city block in length. What the hell? Yeah. Because this was right over them. Ew. So they could fully see the whole thing. And remember the one that we also talked yeah. about? They said they literally couldn't see the beginning yeah, or the end no. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. He said it was about 50 feet tall and hovered 30 feet over the ground. Mm. And again, like the last one you just talked about, a low hum or droning noise came from it. What the hell? Mm -hmm. uh, he also said... There seemed to be a dozen children standing in a meadow nearby, and the object was over them at this point. Shut up. Where'd the kids come from? Wait, listen. So Terry asked Toby, or maybe just out loud, quote, what are these kids doing out here in the middle of the night? Toby said, quote, they aren't little kids. Don't you remember they took us and they hurt us? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Why were they They're the children of the con. <laughs> Why were the aliens in the field? I guess they... They beamed finished. down? I, I don't... I wonder if they... If they brought the men into the ship or if they did what they did down, down there and then they were reboarding the ship. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> if this happened. Imagine seeing a but, field full of aliens. Yeah. I would die right then and there. Yeah. When Toby said that, parts of memories of what had happened flashed in Terry's mind. Mm. Years later, hypnosis also helped Terry fill in pieces, and he claims to have seen creatures while in the UFO. So I guess at some point he was in the UFO. Mm. And I hadn't written this down, but he had also... There was an article that I read where he was speaking throughout the article, like, in his own words. And he said that um, whatever happened to him, like, ten times worse had to have happened to Toby. Why? Because Toby was, like, really fucked up from it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, the little kids or people then walked into a column of white light and dissolved. <laughs> and the hum stopped, the lights turned white, 
and the UFO rose until it was high in the sky, picked up speed, and then was gone. So literally, they like boarded back onto the ship. God, please don't come back. Yeah. Unless you're peaceful. Yeah. So then, as one can imagine, the men hightailed it the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah. They that. abandoned their campsite, ran to the car, and left. They didn't even, Terry said they didn't even grab their shit. They just left. And literally, the military found out where they had been and stuff because uh, Toby left his military backpack there and everything with his name in it. Oh, my God. Yeah, they just left. I would be, I'd peace out, too. Yeah. So, both suffered from severe sunburn and dehydration. What the hell? Yeah. Didn't they go at night? Uh, I, I'm assuming they were there for part of the day, but when all this happened, it was at night. And before that, they were obviously fine. Yeah. Yeah. They both actually spent a couple days in the hospital. What? They were on the spaceship not given water for a long time. And he even said, like, the bottom of his feet were, like, severely burned. What the fuck? Yeah. What did they do to him? (laughs) Yeah. They were interrogated in the hospital by two men that, quote, identified themselves as special agents from the OSI. The OSI is the Office of Special Investigations, and it's the investigative arm of the USAF Security Police, and that's a quote from The Strange Outdoors. Mm. And both their cars and homes were searched. Why? Because of the experience they had. That's fucked up. And the weirdness, but I don't know how exactly the government really found out about it. It's very, unless they told them, but he didn't really mention that. He just said... They knew where their stuff was because his backpack and stuff were left there. Maybe they thought, like, their injuries were weird and everything. And yeah. They just, I don't know how you get a warrant from that, though. And then maybe they questioned them and they told them what happened. Yeah. So after their experience, the U.S. Air Force separated and reassigned both men. This was military protocol, and they were not to speak to each other until the investigation was over. They couldn't even talk to each other. Oh my God. Yeah. That probably made them worse. Yeah. Terry and Toby never spoke about what had happened to each other except one brief time when Terry reassured Toby that, quote, he wasn't crazy and it really did happen as he remembered it. And that was a quote from NWA Online. Sorry. Uh, Toby died in 1982. Um, He was homeless on the streets of Flint, Michigan, which is absolutely awful. Yeah, because Terry said after this whole experience, he... Um, at some point was discharged from the, uh, Air Force, and he became, like, a severe alcoholic, and... had really bad PTSD. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, and then he became homeless. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Terry has had over 40 years' worth of trauma from the experience, which is awful. This includes nightmares, a phobia of crossing open ground, especially after dark. Oh my god. He sleeps with a light on. He has high, a high-intensity flashlight at, on his bedside and also a gun by his bed. Oh. Yeah. He had never planned to even tell his story, which also makes him very believable, yeah, I think. like he was like, no one's gonna believe it or they're yeah. gonna doubt me. Yeah, and his wife has a, even had experiences with him. Really? Mm-hmm. According to him. Yeah. Uh, In the intro to his book that was published in 2018, which was not long ago at all. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, he said, quote, 
I want to be clear from the start, I'm not on a mission to change your mind about the topic of UFOs or the existence of alien life. I planned to take my story to my grave. Wow, that gave me the chills. Yeah. He became a non-competitive runner in 1980 and ran until he had a had heart problems in 2005, and he actually noticed that every time he hit the two-mile mark, a spot above his knee would go numb. That's weird. Yeah, so in 2012, he had an x-ray following an accident, and medical tests showed he had a piece of metal the size of a fingernail in his leg. Ew. Mm-hmm. This was directly over his numb spot. It wasn't shrapnel or from surgery. No, he never... Yeah. He said he was never in, like, a, like a war or a battle where he would have had, like, shrapnel stuck in his leg. There wasn't even an entrance scar. What the fuck? Yeah. According to a radiologist, he would have had to have been born with this in his leg. With a piece of metal. Mm-hmm. What radiologist Which, does that? <laughs> no, he said, like, literally for like, that to oh, get for there. You to, yeah. yeah, for this to even for be to possible sense. in there. Yeah, since there's no entrance scar or anything, you would have had to have been born with this in your leg, which is <laughs> oh. not possible. Yeah. Clearly. What the fuck? Yeah. And the x-ray brought back intrusive thoughts and memories from 1977 and kind of, like, stirred everything up again with us. I wonder if, like, the, like, did they look at the piece of metal, I wonder, and, like, see what it was or, like... I know. I wonder if it was something that they're, like, this isn't even anything from this planet. Like, Like, we have have no idea what this is. There's no numbers or anything like that. Yeah. Or, like, this metal doesn't exist here. I, I wonder. I don't know. I tried looking around for that, and there wasn't really any more information on, like, what the metal was. They just yeah. said it was about the size of a fingernail or a, a postage stamp in Ew. his leg. Oh, my God. And where his leg was going numb. That's really gross. I don't... So, clearly, swinging back around to her having the baby in your story... They could cover up scars or inserting things into your body. Yes. Ew. That makes me really uncomfortable. Is that why I snap, crackle, pop every time I move? Did they put Rice Krispies in you? I'm made. I'm made of, like, alien metals. (laughs) Imagine. In every joint. Yeah. All right. So, hey, guys. It's me again. She's back. It's Bryn. (laughs) I'm now going to get into another story. This is Audrey and Debbie Hewen's story. They are identical twin sisters from Oxford, Maine. They said their experiences started when they were young and went into adulthood. There, there were different experiments that were starting, that had started, I'm sorry, to be done on them when they were 12, they said. Ew. Yeah. And no, te- no details could be found on these experiments. I was like, what? experiments what what happened happened? yes like did they did they see if they could change your eye color like did they do more i i don't know there was nothing the deets audrey yeah so audrey said and this is a quote from abc news oh no quote i was probably about five years old or so and a bright blue light would come into the room and the door would open And there would be, like, a foggy kind of misty blue light just shining through the whole house. And these two figures would come in. There would be a tall one. They had black capes, but they were bald and had big eyes. Yes. No. 
Again, they also said there would be a buzzing or droning sound when these experiences would happen. I wonder why. Like, I wonder what that means. It's probably, like, from the ship. Yeah. Or maybe they... Maybe they're at it functioning at like a different frequency than we are. Like you know how we mm-hmm. hear certain frequencies and dogs and cats can hear different. Yeah. Maybe they're at a different frequency and that just like emits from them. Maybe I don't want to know. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. I'm good. So they would also hear inco- incoherent voices. They said the two quote unquote bald men would eventually appear. Audrey and Debbie refer to these creatures as the bald men. That's their name for them. Literally poop my pants if my kid came up to me and was like, "The bald men were back tonight." <laughs> yeah. I'd be I like, saw "Who?" The bald men. I know. I'd be setting up like cameras through the house. Yeah. Ew. So in UFO circles, the people they're referring to as, or not the people, the Beings. creatures they're mm-hmm. referring to as the bald men are typically called the Greys, and we've mentioned this in another episode of ours. Yeah. These are extraterrestrials with a grayish color to their skin. They said they had bulbous heads. That I love that word. Bulbous. Timo always is like, oh my god, you literally love that word. Bulbous. I That's love saying bulbous. I was so excited when they described them as bulbous. Like, yes. I was like, yes, I got to my say chance. bulbous on a podcast. <laughs> they had bulbous heads and large black eyes. And we mentioned the the grays in our Area 51 episode, as yeah. I said. So the twins also say that they have been abducted together at times on the same spaceship, and then they compared stories after. Ew. Yeah. Here's another quote from Audrey, also from ABC News. Quote, we have been together on abductions. We have been up in crafts and seen our house from above. So we realized they are not from here. They are very good at mind erasing, or whatever you want to call it. They'll leave you with bits and pieces of things you can remember, So we do remember certain things of being there together. Of course. Yeah. Of an experience she's had, Debbie said, and this is a quote from All That's Interesting, quote, I remember one time being on a spaceship and standing there on the spaceship and the floor and the walls disappeared and I was staring at the earth. Ew. They brought her to their planet. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) That is fucking terrifying. Take me to (laughs) Yalida. But don't. But don't. (laughs) Please don't. We're fine with just being earth dwellers. Um, Please. That's fine. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe what? Because with how awful people are these days, if the aliens are really kind and actually, like, lovable creatures... Do you think COVID's on their planet? I'd prefer to be there, honestly. Having an alien Because child. I had this conversation. I told Kelsey this, and I'll tell you guys. I had this conversation last week with a lady at fucking Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> a worker at Taco Bell, because she was venting to me because of how awful things have been for her, which yeah. is fucking horrible, and how rude people have been to her. And I said, you would have thought with COVID, people would have gained more compassion nope. and understanding. And she's like... It's been the complete opposite. It is literally the opposite. Yeah. Which, why? People are so mean. Why? I get their frustration. I do because I'm But frustrated. everyone's, everyone's feeling that way. Right, like you can't take it out on other people. Yeah. And people do. Yeah. Like I get screamed at daily if somebody has to wait 
for, like, a PCR or, like, a rapid test because they're traveling. Like, you can fucking wait while I do stitches. You can relax. I literally said that to one lady. I was like, did you see that man just being taken out in an ambulance? You can wait for your PCR for travel. That's honestly insane. People are just like really the entitlement. Up. Yeah. So I'd let I'd really love to go to your planet for a while. <laughs> if, if you're nice and you don't probe me and like and impregnate me with your child. Right. Yeah. Everything needs to be consensual. <laughs> we'll come up with an agreement. Yeah. <laughs> Better start writing that one up. Imagine we have paperwork ready pages. for one here. If and when we if and when we are abducted. Well, these are our read terms. Through this. Get back to me. These I've been terms. waiting for you. <laughs> Our planet's in shambles right <laughs> Please just take a look at my contract and let me know if it's something you could do. Yeah, people need to do fucking better. <laughs> people need to do better. Maybe that's why they haven't come here. Yeah, they're like, we and don't want to And if they have, there. they're like, okay, let's experiment on these people to see how to not end up like this. Yeah, for real. Because, yeah, I don't understand some human... I mean, there's... Don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that they're aren't great people out there yeah. because there are great humans out there. I yeah. just wish there were less of the bad For ones. For every ten bad one, there's a good one. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Okay, getting back to it. So, they decided to come forward about their experiences after, quote-unquote, a non-human entity saved Audrey from drowning in the ocean. No. Imagine that. <laughs> no. So, like... They weren't even going to ever talk about this to people. And then that happened and they were like, okay, we need to talk about this. Where were her parents when she almost drowned in the ocean and an alien brought her back to life? (laughs) Yeah. We're a non-human entity. Could have been Nessie. (laughs) (laughs) It was just Nessie full around. Or a mermaid. Imagine. Oh my God, that's a dream. Being saved by a mermaid. Mm-hmm. I would have loved that. <laughs> I almost drowned once and it was terrifying. You know that story. Yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely terrifying. Yeah, we don't and need to talk about it. my grandma, God bless her soul, thought that my cousin and I had met boys in the ocean. We were being rescued by lifeguards. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Bryn to get out of the water with those boys. <laughs> we were being Rescued and carried out by lifeguards. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I swear to God. And my grandma was British, She's so like, she had this cute... Girl. Yeah, she had this cute little accent, and she, my mom said she was like, Oh, look. And that's how, what she did. Oh, she'd always go, Oh. So she's like, Oh, look, the girls met some boys in the ocean. Oh, my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like half drowning. Yeah. I'm like gasping for air. <laughs> I used my cheer scream voice. That's how they heard me. Help! <laughs> no, that deep, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Sorry, guys. We're back. We're a, we're a little off topic today, but that's okay. <laughs> so, memories from the abductions are fuzzy or there are missing pieces, which, mm. again, is very common when it comes to these stories. Neuroscientist Robert Davis and this is a quote from All That's Interesting, quote, explained that Audrey and Debbie Hewen's experiences are shared by many thousands, if not millions, worldwide. Yep. Which we've seen, like, these details are repeated over and over. So either that is a little light bulb being like, hey, yeah, this is happening, 
Or it could be like a Salem witch trials thing where people yeah. are just jumping on the bandwagon, and researching. Too. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the twins try to just destigmatize the experience of a UFO sighting or alien abduction and provide abduction therapy to individuals who have experienced alien-related trauma. And that's a quote from the Morbid Library. That's nice. Yeah, which I think is really nice. And I wish Toby... I wish they Toby had met them. I know. And received that. They are also... I'm sorry. They're organized... Oh my god, I cannot talk. (laughs) Breathe. And start. Okay. All right. Their organization is called Starborn Support, and Audrey is the CEO of the Experiences Speak Abduction Conference. Wow. They're doing their thing in the alien world. Yeah. Helping other peeps. Yeah. That's good. Which is nice. I mean... I feel like for those who really believe that they have gone through that experience and aren't just saying they did, mm-hmm. probably, probably do helpful. need some kind of support like that. Yeah, like a support group of yeah. people that have had similar things. Yeah, even if it is, I mean, I'm not I'm not diminishing their experience. Maybe these experiences really have happened. Mm-hmm. But even for people who might think they experienced this and it's like sleep paralysis or something, like that has to be mind-fucking. Yeah. Just to even experience the aftermath of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Last story. Here she is. (laughs) This story is about Betty and Barney Hills, which how freaking cute is that little couple's name? I love that. Betty and Barney. Oh my god, I love it. I know. Wait, Betty and Barney? That's the Flintstones. Is it really? That's Betty, Betty and Barney Rubble. Oh, Rubble, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Well, they're the Hills, not the Rubbles. Aw. So, this actually happened on September, in September of 1961. Betty and Barney were returning from Niagara Falls, which was a late honeymoon that they took. I think it was like six months after the wedding, I think. Betty and Barney were driving down a deserted road in New Hampshire when they noticed a strange light in the sky that was following them. They described it kind of as like they're driving down the road and they saw in the rearview mirror this light just like following them down all these curvy, windy roads and like they'd think it would be gone and then all of a sudden it would like pop back up behind them. Weird. Yeah. So they left dinner that night around 10 p.m. and decided to drive through the night. So it was late. They pulled over because the light was really weird to them and they were like, we have to see what's going on. Why is this following us? They looked through binoculars at the light, and Betty said the white light was actually an object spinning in the air. (laughs) Yeah. Barney was a very practical man. He had, I think his IQ was like, it was a, he had a very high IQ. He was like very well known. Mm -hmm. He was an intellect. And he's like facts, facts, facts. Yes. Mm -hmm. He was very practical, but at this point he realized it was not just a satellite that he imagined and he was trying to like brush it off to Betty. Like, oh, it's just a satellite. Like, it's fine. And Mm -hmm. then he looked through the binoculars and she's like, this is a satellite. You're crazy. Wow. Yeah. He ran into an open field, leaving Betty in the car. Wow. Yeah, nice. I know. Right? He grabbed a handgun, too. And she just, he's, like, left her in the car to see the object. And it was as big as a jet, but as round and flat as a pancake. Weird. Imagine that thing flying in the air. Barney said, quote, my God, what is that thing? This can't be real. I feel like, too, it's so funny. I just thought of this. How... 
there's been a just like a car or a telephone like a phone here mm-hmm. on earth there's been evolution in what's seen in UFOs. Yeah. Like, it always used to be those silver discs. Mm-hmm. And then over time, now it's turned into, like, this prism. massive... Pr- yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, alien technology, if it do- if it is out there, would also evolve. Right. It doesn't just stay yeah. that disc that's floating yeah. in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. He said he then saw beings in gray uniforms staring at him through the windows. And he went to reach for his pistol in his pocket, but he couldn't. He was like, something stopped him. Like, he wasn't actually able to, like, pick it out and, like, pull it up into the air. They're using their alien magic. They're like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) Um, He heard a voice telling him to put the binoculars down. Imagine. Put the binoculars down. We can see you. <laughs> oh, that's scary. I know. I'm. Not, I, we're saying this as like they're like little children. They're probably like put the fucking binoculars down. Or I wonder if it's like <laughs> and it doesn't come and out. And then it comes out to him as put the binoculars. Yeah, down. like it translates. Yeah. Oh. So and Barney doing mind mind stuff again. Yeah. <gasps> what <laughs> the fuck are you doing? What did you say? <laughs> you something, made my eyes wide. Something just, something just like fell in front of the window, but it just stared. Her me. eyes literally <laughs> popped out of her brain. Like of saucers. <laughs> like flying discs. <laughs> so Barney was obviously freaked the fuck out. So he ran back to his car and as he got close, he heard a loud beeping or buzzing noise <gasps> from his trunk and both Barney and Betty became, like, sedated and lost consciousness. <gasps> yeah. What? They got, like, really... They explained it as, like, getting really tired, and then they all of a sudden were, like, out. I wonder if the beeping noise was, like, that humming thing, and it's, like, their frequency. Like, what And there was one literally in his trunk. Yeah. How'd it get in there? <laughs> it beamed down. Into his trunk? Yeah. So, this part is really weird, and it's about the time thing again. I don't know. It just freaks me out. So, the next two hours, they did not remember the rest of the drive. All of a sudden, Wait, they were... Wait, they lost consciousness and remained driving? <laughs> well, something got them home, because the next thing they remembered was being home in Portsmouth at 2 to 3 a.m. <laughs> I know. Like, imagine... Just driving unconscious down the road. (laughs) Somehow the aliens are, like, directing him. Ew, they took over his body. Yeah. He went unconscious because he wasn't there anymore. The alien (laughs) popped into his body and was driving his car. Or he actually did drive and they were like, okay, like, you have to go back. And then they erased his memory when they got home or something. I don't know. Ew. They said when they got home, they felt, quote, unquote, dirty. Um, yeah. Because they were probed. So, their watches stopped working. Barney's shoes were, like, scuffed up in, like, a weird way, he said. And Betty's dress was ripped. Oh, no. That's why they felt dirty. Yeah. When they got back to their house. Why were the aliens so rough with that? <laughs> Could have and been that's gentle. weird because they would have just been in the car. It's not like they, like, got out somewhere, were right. walking around that he they know He was of. into the field. Yeah, but, but that like, was it. Yeah, besides that, he would have known if he scuffed up his shoes. I don't know. 
So they got back and, you know, back to life. And Betty reported the sighting and her experience to the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, or the NICAP, and to the Air Force. Betty had horrible anxiety from this, and so did Barney, and they ended up getting help from a psychiatrist and neurologist named Benjamin Simon, who specializes in hypnosis. So that seems like another common theme with either people that, you know, are jumping on the bandwagon or have actually had experiences where, like, hypnosis is used to, like, help bring it out. Bring the memories back. Yeah, I feel like that's used for, like, traumas to get through it as well, but... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And I think it... I mean, it's, like, a reoccurring theme, too, where all these people suffer from severe PTSD for years, if not the rest of their lives. Yeah, it's, like, a life-changing thing. So, this helped them recall the night's events with the hypnosis. They were walked into a vessel down a long ramp by the gray beings after they were, like, made unconscious. So, like, they basically brought them in to Ew, this. so this is what happened? Yeah, this is what happened. Oh, God. Barney and Betty were then separated in the UFO. They were both asked to climb up onto a table to be examined, and Betty's legs hung over the table because it was so short. So I think that was, like, a reference of, like, how small they may have been compared to humans. Like, the table was so short. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Samples such as hair, nail clippings, and skin scrapings were taken from Betty and Barney. That's weird, too, if they both had this hypnosis done. And they both said the and same And they're thing. recalling the same things. Yeah. Like, yeah. that can't just happen. I'm sorry. I know. They were prodded by needles all over their body, like, under their spine and, like, <sighs> everywhere. And then one four to six inch long needle was inserted into Betty's stomach as like a pregnancy type test, she said it was. Yeah. She said when she recalled this happening, she remembered how like, how horribly painful it was. I was just going to say, was it painful? Yeah. They don't care about pain. I guess not. Or like, or they can't feel pain, so they don't realize that humans can. Yeah. No, thank know. you. I know. I don't. I think I might be changing my mind. On I, don't, I don't. I don't want to go. Being taken. <laughs> I'll take COVID. I guess <laughs> COVID planet. So this story became huge, and it, at the time, it was one of the only, but not the only, alien UFO abduction story around. So, it became like nationwide, and everybody was talking about it. And it actually launched Project Blue Book by the Air Force, mm-hmm. which was a secret study of UFOs by the Air Force. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think we may have also mentioned Project Blue Book in another yeah. episode. Yeah. Wow. I'm not, yeah. I, I, creepy. It's just weird that we picked four random abduction stories and they all have very similar like, things. Yeah. You know. And from different time periods and stuff. Yeah. So weird. The pictures they drew, too, were really creepy. That that Betty and Barney drew. Oh, they drew pictures as well, just like Leah? Yeah, I actually saved one. Here, I'll show you, just to, like, post. But this is the spaceship that they saw. It says, this is how it looked when it was about 200 feet high, and they drew a little picture. And it says, red light on the side. This is how it looked after shifting over the highway, descending to about 100 feet over the field. What the fuck? Yeah. Finn, this slid out from the side with the red light on it. Huh. Yeah. Really fucking weird. Oh my god. 
I'm just like, this just makes my, this stuff makes my brain go crazy. I know. Because like, then I just start stuff? thinking and then I get, I, like, into, I start like, a, making a like whole, a web. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like getting into like your own mind and. Own little black hole, rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Of the mind. Because there's just so much out there that we don't know. Yeah. How crazy. Including in the sky and in the ocean. The ocean freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. Maybe we should do an episode on the ocean. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah. Because that that's just insanity. Yeah. But let us know if you like the alien stuff. I know Sydney loves aliens and space stuff, but let us know if you do as well. Yeah, and we'll try to throw some more in there once in a while if you guys do, because I know we don't do these that often because this is only our third yeah. alien episode Gotta in the throw year. in some creepy alien stuff in there every once in a while, I yeah. guess. Hope yeah, hope you guys liked it. Yeah, do you have and anything else you want to add for this week? I just hope that these people who experience this are coping and living life okay. I know, Because that's really traumatizing and... I mean, the fact that even Toby, which wasn't even his real name, in the story that I told, literally suffered so much that he ended up homeless and died on the streets. That's just so sad. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It is. But, um, anything to add? Anything to add? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. We... Again, as always, we have stuff coming your way. It's just a matter of when. It's we're be, waiting. It's it it's in, in the process. It's in the process. Yes. It will be out soon. Yes, and uh, as we always mention as well, check out our resources on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, we always post our uh, coffee reviewed mm-hmm. and the cases we've covered and some creepy photos. Weird. Yeah, Facebook is where we put all our resources. Yep. As well as sometimes in our show notes, depending. Yep. And leave a rate and review. We love those. On Apple Podcasts, please. Thank you. And you'll get a free sticker. They're awesome. Yeah. We love our stickers. We do. And I think that's that's about it. it. Oh, oh, we just joined something new called... Podchaser. Podchaser. Yeah. So maybe we should talk a little bit about that. Because we don't have any uh, ratings or reviews on that yet because we just started it. Well, we could put the link in our link tree for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I can it's a free do app. Tonight. Yeah. And it kind of basically helps, um, like, if you love listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. and we this is not a paid ad, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> From Podchaser. If you love listening to podcasts and you're not. Like, we all typically have our, like, five that we binge and look forward to every week, but sometimes yeah. you get through all those and then you're just, like, waiting. Mm-hmm. So, Podchaser, I've been looking on it because it kind of helps collectively. It's almost like a Spotify for podcasts mm. where people can make different groups, like, uh, my favorite true crime podcast. Like, playlists. My favorite, yeah, my favorite mm-hmm. um, inspirational badass woman pod, like, yeah. whatever. My favorite witchy podcast, whatever. And then people will make groups so it's easier for you to find podcasts that you might be interested. That you would like. Yeah, and then you can kind of like, um, they have like a, almost like the old MySpace where it's like top eight. <laughs> you can make that on your own page for your favorite podcasts. Oh, that's And cool. then you kind of connect with other people through it. 
and you can leave rates, ratings and reviews for podcasts on there, and it, cool. it helps. I feel like it will help a lot of indie podcasts, mm-hmm. which is that what ours is, well yeah, yeah, to be discovered, yeah, because um, it's kind of giving more of a wider audience span, yeah, to the indie podcasts who aren't represented by like a podcast. Um, Host almost platform. agency yeah. platform yeah. yeah like for example crime chunk crime junkie has audio chuck which they created on their own but they have a bunch of other podcasts under audio chuck now yeah. so yeah check out our check pod it out chaser. yeah we'll post the we'll post the link for you guys i will put in our link tree which is in the link in our bio on our instagram yep and All right. i think that's about it have a good week guys bye bye regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook